Hello out there in internet lands. Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade sort of podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be talking about the Apple Arcade or other video games we've tried, <laughs> what we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, of course, or on the web at goodstuff.fm. Hello, Nick. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I guess that's a relative you know, we're, question we're, these days. <laughs> yeah, we're you know we're we're keeping busy. Work has been busier and, and a little more stressful of late, and uh, you know, obviously there's the constant barrage of stay-at-home related updates. Now, you must be out of mandated quarantine at this point. Yeah, we're out of our like because we are out of country. We're out of our 14-day uh, self-isolation uh, deal. So yeah, that's just, just ended on last weekend or where are we here? I forget. Anyways, it's all blurs together as it does. But, um, so that ended. And then just as we ended that, everybody was also entering basically don't go outside and <laughs> quarantined <laughs> effectively. And so it kind of felt like a great thing, but so we could go, go to Costco and stand in line with all the other zombies as we walk through Costco carefully without <laughs> touching anybody. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, beyond that, it hasn't changed a whole lot in terms of we're, we're less at risk of getting like a $2 million fine, $2 million Canadian. So that's what 50 bucks American, uh, fine, (laughs) (laughs) uh, to, if we were spotted outside our house, basically. So now we're okay. Well, that, that, that's good to hear. Yeah. We, I did a grocery run Sunday morning, um, and uh, the the proportion of mask wearers was definitely up from what it had been two weeks ago. Um, I guess we're we're in quarantine corner right now, uh, <laughs> kind of just talking about it. And it it varies, you know. Every every jurisdiction is doing things a little differently and in different orders, local, state slash province. So even at like everything, in your uh, so it's not just a state control. It's each city, each even county within a city. Is counties are bigger than cities, or cities are bigger than? I forget how it works there. Yeah, yeah. So so counties are bigger than cities, and it's it's definitely weird in the U.S. in areas where the um, where there's a where there's a big city because your 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 city area might actually extend beyond the county boundaries because the county was created a long time ago before the city was big. (laughs) But the, you know, the city only really has influence over its city limits. I I remember running into this when, when we lived in Boston. So Boston geographically, the city is very small, but the mayor of Boston is fairly powerful in terms of what they can change. But if you live like just across the river you know, you're going into downtown Boston all the time, but you have no ability to vote for the mayor or city council, for example. So right. like, there's weird stuff like that when you get into these different uh, jurisdictions. So I have not kept very good track over what exactly the city, uh, the school district, which is in our case, the city, the county, and the state are all doing uh, in terms of policy. Um, the the general the general rule is stay at home except for essentials. So yeah, food and medical purposes is basically the only reason you're supposed to be going out. Yeah, and there seems to be so this is I guess we could sort of slash quarantine corner slash uh, kids who are listening to this podcast political civic education corner maybe <laughs> this is our yeah required sorry, home, homeschooling quarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, there we go. We can we can put together a little segment and and you know be be teachers for 
uh, five minutes. Uh, I'm a teacher already now. It's that's the I, I'm I'm bordering on like cutting off everything like this doing the podcast and stuff in my life because it feels like the we just got dumped on with the school now deciding to completely go. So like up until before Friday last week, basically they were saying, you know what, school's probably done. We're not going to do much. Then Friday, some emails came out of like, hey, check in, log into your Google Classroom accounts and stuff. And we've got this all thing set up. And then Monday, it was just like this big dump of here's all the stuff for the week. And you've got, we like I said, we've got a grade seven, grade four and grade two. So obviously varying degrees of, of amount of schoolwork, but it's right. like two to three hours of schoolwork per day for, at the top end anyways, which like in <laughs> logically you can, you can do the math of like, well, you used to be in school for six hours. Now you're just doing it for two to three. What's the big deal. But to kids who've been basically said school's done, play Minecraft for two hours every day. <laughs> now right. flip that to, uh, yeah, we're going back to school and it's also in a format that's very frustrating, confusing and uh, new, uh, online, which right. I think like and, in the end will be good, but just, uh, yeah, it's a tense, tense household this morning. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, everything's going, you know, remote learning, but there was no real plans in place. So we hear you, know, the school district had been holding off on committing, but, but, um, yesterday evening, the governor said all schools are closed across, around the state for the rest oh, of the school okay. year. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, Frasley in the chat mentions um, one of the reasons our school district, because it's a large public school district, had not rolled out a consistent remote learning plan over the last few weeks since we've been closed is because they could hadn't yet figured out how to handle the equity question, which is there are not computers in every household. Yeah. There are not, there's not consistent internet access in every household. In fact, it's something like a third of the school district is, you know, considered not, it's not poverty line, but, you know, in need of additional help to even be able to do remote learning. So yeah. they couldn't just, uh, yeah, just log into Google or log into Microsoft Teams or something. So they've been figuring that out. Um, the downside of that for us as kindergarten parents is, we are the lowest priority age demographic in terms of figuring out what to do. They're starting with high school seniors to make sure they can graduate. And then they're doing high schoolers to make sure they get lined up on all their standardized tests. And it makes sense, but there has not been a lot of guidance uh, in terms of what the little kids should do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, teachers been sending out some worksheets and, um, and little activity videos, um, which has been helpful, but there's no, there's no central plan yet. Yeah. Um, and, and the big gap is on the social side. I mean, so for you, you've got three kids. So yes, they might be at each other's throats, but they're also at least interacting some right now. My son has not interacted in person with another child in almost a month. <laughs> I know. <it's, laughs> there's going to be some weird sociological, like, you know, ripples. Yes. All of this. Like it's just, yeah. We're doing a, a mass experiment, uh, which we don't know what'll happen yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's funny because our so, and even the teachers themselves, you can tell, are are struggling because some of them, you know, we have one teacher who's a younger teacher and also a technology minded teacher, and he's like flourishing in this. He's like got courses set up, he's got the YouTube videos walking right. people through stuff, screencasts, and then another teachers sending like these really low res but blown up screen or uh, 
either phone or scanned images of like questionnaires and stuff where you can't even read the thing. <laughs> and, and sort of that, those two extremes, depending on the teacher's ability to just grapple with all the tech that's being thrown at them as well now. And yeah, that's where it just feels like, you know what, let's just go like school light or, or just minimal for this next few months. It almost feels like we should do because everybody's struggling. And like I tweeted this morning, like any parents or any home where it's like a single parent or dual parent working as is the case for us right now it's like a gong show for <laughs> trying to get anything done like it's but i mean i appreciate the the focus and the work of having stuff for the kids to do and i want them to learn obviously like there's only so much learning they're doing in minecraft it's great but it's you know it is just minecraft right. <laughs> but yeah it's it's going to be an interesting struggle the, the funny thing is we're doing they started this up today and then we have like the easter week holiday next week basically which normally would be off from school so it's friday and then next week is actually a holiday. And so they are honoring the holiday. Um, and so. Interesting. So we still have the holiday, even though we haven't had school, which is great. Like we'll be, it's kind of like power through this week here and see how it actually affects us day to day and what we can get done. And I know like a week, two weeks from now when we're back, it'll be probably a little easier to grapple what, what actually needs to happen. Once we get our, all our computer stuff tech set up too, for our kids, each kid has to like have accounts to log in and time on a computer and figure all that stuff out. So anyways, that's where it was much simpler with video games before, which is why we started this podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we, I mean, we are certainly using play to educate when possible. Uh, but we, for example, we're not, um, we're not doing screen time in the mornings on the week, we're trying to kind of start the day off with at least a little motivation towards, you know, some handwriting practice or reading or, or something that's a little more like school, yeah. even though we haven't gotten a lot of structure yet. Um, but of course we are certainly using, uh, educational documentary content and, um, you know, that, that kind of thing, uh, to, to manage our time. Um, and I, I mean, I'm working from home, trying to put in an eight hour day. Um, some of my coworkers hours have slid quite a bit. So, you know, some of them are logging on with questions at like 1 PM, it seems like, <laughs> and then they have questions for me late at night, uh, cause they're still working, but everybody's managing that, that time in a different way. And I've just tried to block my calendar so I can do uh, a block or two of teaching every day. Um, I do one in the afternoon and one in the morning as much as possible, yeah. uh, as long as I don't have meetings. Um, yeah. So we, we, we have digressed pretty far from games, but I wanted to come <laughs> back to um, uh, some of the things that maybe the kids, your kids were playing up until the school hammer dropped. Yeah, we're, so the switch is, ha, was the really popular, uh, obviously being the new thing. And then we kind of went away and then came back and uh, Minecraft because of cousins and stuff, uh, all over this country here that they want to play with varying formats and devices and things they have access to. So we Minecraft sort of took over and it has become the the de facto game of choice and whether it's even on the Xbox or on the computer. And, um, but then we're also like seeing because the kids are on the screen so much as it is trying to do schoolwork and stuff, we're kind of like, now we're trying to balance how much actually game time to actually give them because it, yeah. Otherwise, if they do two hours of schoolwork on the computer and then also two hours of Minecraft on the computer and you're kind of just like staring at the screen all day. Um, 
And, and so that's kind of the balance we're walking this week anyways. We'll see where, where we land, but we're kind of settling back into more normal routine like we, as if they were at school all day and then, you know, some screen time at the end of the day before supper or whatever is kind of the, right. the route we're taking. But I actually dove into back into Breath of the Wild and, and I, 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 like you, I think have been inundated with, uh, Animal Crossing tweets and promotions and it's just yes. everywhere like literally every, and it's i understand why like it's a very calming kind of game to play in a world a real world it's very chaotic and so i found myself feeling like i i have to get this game like i <laughs> literally everybody right. is telling the, me the bandwagon effect yeah uh i think at least two other podcast communities i'm in the the slack channel or whatever if there's a video games channel, it's been taken over by Animal Crossing memes and updates and friend code sharing and and all that good stuff. Yeah. And so then I was like, man, I have got a game already that I remember people saying was so fun and therapeutic and calming and, you know, this adventure that you go on and I haven't finished that. So why am I pining after this other game? So I pulled out the Switch, reconnected it because we hadn't reconnected after our holiday and, and yeah, dove back into that and both on the TV and then on just handheld and found actually, you know, it can work fairly well both ways. And so that's where I've been what little gaming time I've had outside of uh, managing kids Minecraft servers <laughs> and IT work and related to that. Uh, it's been mostly Zelda and, and actually the, the Apple arcade stuff is, yeah, I think, I think because the phone is such for me, because it's such a focus right now for work and, or uh, communication with family or friends or whatever, trying to you know keep in touch. Um, it's almost a thing where I don't really want, I don't look at it as a, just a, the slab of, of uh whatever this aluminium or whatever these <laughs> the new ones are um hovering in a white room yeah it doesn't look it's not like a relaxing gaming device to me anymore it's the stress box almost in a sense and so it yeah, i guess it'd be different if i had an ipad that i maybe switched to in that sense or the or the perpetual apple tv that we're waiting for uh to come out but um so that's where apple arcade yeah has definitely taken a second third seat to to most other activities for at least in our household for sure how about you i think um so for me it's still a great uh some of the games that i keep going back to like uh like grindstone which just added more levels right yeah we should mention that uh and then um i was trying round guard i think i mentioned last week there's still a good you know so i don't have a commute right now obviously but there's still a good snackable game size for when like i just need a quick five minute break or maybe 10 minutes before bedtime where I want a small little game experience um, compared to, I think the other night, I think maybe Sunday night, you know, I, I actually kind of stayed up for about an hour playing uh, Yoshi's crafted world on the switch, mm. which was a lot of fun, but uh, not my usual uh, dedicated game time for my son. I think where just where he is developmentally as a six year old, six and a half year old is uh, novelty matters. So Apple arcade is actually great for that because there's obviously not all of them are age appropriate, but there's over a hundred games now. And so I can kind of, and there's new ones coming. So I can kind of roll out new ones as they come uh, and keep his interest that way. Uh, we did finish spider uh, all of the existing levels. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I think I mentioned that one last episode. Um, definitely would recommend. Oh, nice. We tried, um, I think you had posted, that the that conducting together on the switch was on sale for one cent yeah <laughs> so so i bought it for one nintendo coin or whatever it is and um and that was a lot of fun we you played as two players where one player controls the the brakes on every train and one player controls all the switches on the rails and so 
my son was doing switches and I was doing brakes and I'd be like, switch one, switch one. Yeah. And you know, he'd, he'd reroute the train and then I'd have to stop it. So it didn't crash. And it, it, that was a fun little game to play together as well. How about you? What, what are, what are you coming back to? Yeah, we tried, uh, I tried with that, my, uh, grade four so 10 year old now, I guess, but, uh, we tried doing that. So the other two were busy, the other kids were busy. And so I just tried to, cause I, I, I wanted to try it without all four of us sitting down to play that. And, and we were just doing it on the switch itself. So I had this, you know, I was holding the switch, I think, and then each had a controller and, uh, and it is like, it's a fun little puzzle game. That's hopefully your kids don't get too stressed out by it. And it is, I think it's still on sale. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but, um, you can, and somehow you get Nintendo coins that basically amount to like a penny or something because <laughs> the games aren't free. They're like one cent. I don't know if that's the same in the States, but for us here, it's like it's it was a a, doll, a penny to buy the game, but you had I had Nintendo coins from something, which I think you earn in game, maybe. I think you earn them from other purchases, right? So it's oh, like, it, like it that? seemed yeah. like we, yeah, it seemed like we got coins for registering some of our other games, uh, but yeah, like you would need two thousand coins to buy a twenty dollar US game, which is what a lot of the uh, sort of premium download games seem to be around twenty bucks, and then of course the 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 big big games are all 60 bucks for the for the cartridge so a very different uh upfront cost compared to the apple arcade subscription although of course at this point i've had it since september so i'm i'm spending a fair bit a month on (laughs) on that um but again a a big variety of games that i've gotten out of that yeah and did you um that's where i'm (laughs) i'm good at uh, updating our twitter account with new apple arcade information but not good at actually following through and playing it so you can follow at 25C Arcade on Twitter if you're interested. But um, the did you try Oceanhorn 2? That was another sort of RPG-ish, Zelda-ish kind of game. Yeah. So I I had I think that was one of their launch titles that was in a lot of the promotions, but I hadn't touched it because I I didn't have really a good device to play it on, um, and I definitely did not install it on a catalina powered computer that i now have access to at home uh but if i had done that and hooked a controller up to it i would say (laughs) that uh it it's very much a so i haven't played any of the modern zeldas except twilight princess briefly but it's it's zelda it's a zelda game with nice 3d effects you know there's you're in an open world, you're running around, you're, you're smashing pots and cutting grass to restore your health. You've got a sword, you've got a shield, you've got bombs, you can lift things, the, the kind of all the usual mechanics. Now I haven't played breath of the wild. Um, although you've certainly tried to convince me and maybe that is a big (laughs) game that I'll want to pick up, uh, as, as stay at home continues. Yeah, it's definitely one that's, um, is well here's my my main struggle with zelda honestly and i'm sure zelda fans could you know scream at me in protest but i because of just the nature of how often or little i play it's kind of like feast and famine in terms of how often i can get into a game and how much and frequently and so i just start like i went back to it i was like i cannot remember where i was in the world and it's like so massive so it takes you know the first sort of hour or half hour or whatever like reorienting myself to where i actually need to be and what my missions are and there's a, like there is good in-game controls for you know directing you to where you need to be and it's kind of just like trying to remember the storyline and, and get immersed back into it when you've been away from it right. for a month um whereas like picking up yeah like the um 
conducting together, obviously you're like NHL hockey or something like that. It's just like, there's no, <laughs> there's no storyline that you need to remember <laughs> obviously in what world you've been into and where you've, what you were supposed to go run and grab on a side mission and things like that. But once I kind of reoriented myself, it is like, now it's kind of like, I want to go back and keep, keep going. Cause I've, I'm maybe 20% of the way through, I think like just looking at the map anyways, it's, there's, it's just massive and there's so many side quests and, um, I don't really want to know what the hour time limit is for like a person going through it on average. Cause I, it'll either depress me or, or whatever in terms of how much time I still have left, but I do have like the desire to finish the game and follow it through and just kind of finding the time to do it obviously is, is the main thing these days and where you're not sort of screen, um, I don't, I'm not one of those people who comes away from work, working on the screen and then switching to like the Xbox or the switch. Even that doesn't, there's like enough of a mental shift there that doesn't bother me and my yeah. eyes don't get bugged by it or whatever. I don't get a headache from working on the computer all day, but it still is just kind of like the toll of like staring at screens all day. I think yeah, day after day without even going outside as much as we used to <laughs> does take its toll. I think so. It's a weird, weird time to be my eye doctors over the years would certainly say that's why I'm getting slowly more nearsighted is too much screen time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you wear glasses? You have contacts and glasses or just glasses? Just, just glasses. I, uh, I, for quick reasons, I cannot do contacts. Just the thinking about it gives me oh. uh, chills. I <laughs> yeah. got a weird thing about my eyes or something, yeah. but, um, I used to just wear glasses for distance vision and, and now I, I use it all the time for screens. Yeah, I, I feel a, a similar sort of dividing line, like the what I do on the work computer is different enough than what I'm doing on my phone or or doing video socializing on on the family iPad with with friends and family that it it doesn't it doesn't bother me or, or overlap or anything. So nothing, uh, nothing new, I guess, I don't know, I want to go to Apple TV corner quickly because there's nothing new there really to talk about. Are you? There's as far as I, I actually find myself now checking more than I was before any sort of pandemic thing. I was kind of like, I think because we're stuck at home, we ha- do have Apple TV content or Apple media content, whatever the term is for the stuff that you've bought through Apple iTunes and now Apple TV. Um, and so something like uh, Mythic Quest, the TV show, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch. I have two episodes left, I think, on the series of the season. And so it's either watched on my laptop or uh, or that's it. Basically it's watched on my laptop or my phone. And so, um, yeah, that's where it's tough to try and like, I'd love an Apple TV. Just be able to, we have the, you know, the big TV, just watch that on, watch it on there. Right. No problem. But, uh, so yeah, nothing new yet. Nothing coming as far as we've, I, I suspect, uh, from, from what I've heard from the Apple podcast sphere and, and rumor sites is that there were they've they've launched some new hardware. There was definitely an expectation of more hardware around the end of March, and I imagine a lot of these supply chain related disruption and staff availability and not being able to have a big media event where you invite people has thrown off some of those plans. I mean, I I don't know, but I I just knowing Apple's style, I could imagine that would that they would choose to delay things into summer and yeah. and their new virtual WWDC, but. Uh, yeah. Other than other than my interest in it as a platform, I'm not sure um, that well, we're not a, we're not an Apple podcast. But uh, <laughs> I did find in the bottom of my electronics drawer, I still have my Steam Link. You know that little box they oh, sold for yeah. a while. Um, so I might I might hook that up again and see what its capabilities are. I think it can do more device mirroring and whatnot than it was able to do at first. So yeah, might play around with that again. Speaking of other random, sorry, we're kind of jumping around, I know, but I know on the Switch anyways, 
Uh, Drawful 2 is available free or one cent or whatever it is as well. I don't know if you grabbed that one. That's a fun one for families to play. Uh, it's I, We have it on the or on the Steam platform already, but I grabbed it on the Switch as well, just because might as well. But um, it's a great one to play locally or or over streaming or whatever, you know, anything like that with friends remotely as well. Uh, we did it with right. some friends over Zoom. Uh, and Zoom, actually, the most recent updates, uh, I can't speak for Google Hangouts and Skype and stuff, but as far as sharing audio from your computer, the software that you're running on your computer like that game, um, they've updated it, updated Zoom anyways, to allow for the sound to go through as well without too much extra hassle of hooking up loopback or other software, things that we had to do in the past back in when we had to walk to school uphill both ways along with routing audio <laughs> in magical ways to get it shared over the screen yeah. like that, so... Yeah, we've we've done some family Jackbox rounds um, with TKO and uh, Quiplash, but I have not tried Drawful. I don't think it was in the Steam pack I got. Oh, okay. um, I'll have to... So when you do the local play on the Switch, how does that work? Like one person is drawing on the console and everyone else is watching the TV? No, it still is just like the other game where the Switch is effectively just your game board and then everybody still needs a device to draw on. So you would... Got it. It just, it just basically a connector. It's like a web view, right, of a of their of jackbox.tv basically somehow um and so you yeah you load up the code enter the room and you're all in your own devices doing the drawing and and things like that with it so and it's it is like kid friendly mostly like i mean kindergarten is probably a little rough sometimes for some of the sub the prompts they, like they don't know what it is and so it's very obvious right. that it's um, not <laughs> anywhere close to what it's supposed to be even though even the best adult drawing is pretty brutal at times but because there's no the, the fun thing with drawful is there's no eraser and so you're not able to undo anything once it's on the screen. It's there, uh, which you know kids kind of like at first get frustrated with because they you know they mess up and you can't undo. So, right. but uh, it if you have a group of I'd say four or more, it it it's a fun one to play. So like remote over Zoom or whatever, uh, and so you could have it on your Switch with like a camera pointed at your TV or at the Switch screen, sharing that maybe over Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. That would still work enough to get the prompts for people to, you know, see the scores and all that kind of stuff over, over something like that. You don't have to do anything too complicated to share the screen, but uh, that's a fun one to pass some time anyways, and still have a connection with relatives or friends. (laughs) We did just like a a quick family round with just the, I think it's the whiteboard feature in zoom. Um, Oh yeah. Doing, doing little doodles that way. And, And that, that worked pretty well, although everyone was coming up with their own prompts. And I think, that may have affected the outcome. We, we should have like drawn cards from, uh, you know, like the apples to apples deck or something like that. Yeah. How did quick blash go? That's another, I don't think that's one's actually all the Jackbox games are on switch. I think as well, Jackbox packs, I think are available or most of them anyway. So whatever platform you prefer for that to the Jackbox games, whether steam, Xbox, switch, PlayStation, I think even, and then of course, yeah, steam, I guess would be PC windows or Mac. Um, but how did Quiplash go? Um, so I think the when we played that with family, we had the same problem that we had when we when we recorded Crosstalk the other the other week, where we only really had three players, and mm-hmm. that makes the voting weird. Yeah, <laughs> but we did. Um, I did Quiplash with some coworkers, and that worked pretty well, except for the audio thing you mentioned, where I didn't have a way to like loop it back into the um, into the chat program. Right. Um, I tried setting up Jack, which is one of the open source alternatives, and it like doesn't work with the default audio device on Mac OS sometimes. So I just I, I gave up after you know twenty or thirty minutes of mucking around with that and yeah. reading GitHub bug reports. 
it's a fun playing game where you have to go to GitHub to figure out how to get yeah, audio revenue. It, it, it is a game. You're right. It is a game uh, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a fun one. And that's where we played with uh, three other, two families. I guess it was just two families and there's eight people maximum can play. And then we have uh, collectively had uh, five kids. Or no, eight kids. Sorry. Yeah. All basically all the controller spots were taken by kids and then parents obviously helping kids spell things out or whatever when they wanted to. And it with kids of a certain age and uh style, it eventually just descends into potty humor. Like it's just funny to right. see the word poop on the screen and have it be voted for and all that kind of stuff. And so we had actually prompted our kids beforehand because we were playing with some friends for the first time who hadn't played it before. And we told our kids, no toilet humor this time. Just like keep it <laughs> out of the bathroom this time, just so that <laughs> if they're not like on board with you know, toilet humor as being funny. We don't want to be the ones who are, but then their kids actually ended up putting all these, you know, poop and whatever jokes in for Crips right. and getting all the votes and winning the game. So I think our kids were a little choked, but anyways, all good, all fun. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. I, I did want to just, it reminded me on, on some of the games, the Apple arcade games we've tried that are multiplayer, the, the, the fact that the multiplayer support is game center only. And I think we've talked about this before is for certain game types, like a definitely to its detriment, like you can't do, you know, we tried Lego brawls several episodes ago and you can't just have two players playing on the same screen. You can't do, um, there, there are several of the multiplayer games that seems like you could have like one person using touch controls and one person using a keyboard or controller and they just didn't build it that way. And I guess maybe that's a limitation of they have to support all four platforms. I'm not sure, but it's definitely a miss, I feel, that there's no local multiplayer option, especially in my case where there's a small kid. So he can't really, like, I guess technically we could do a separate Game Center account on the family iPad and then, like, I play on my phone and we play against each other, but that's just not the right, the same kind of fun. No, exactly. And then, yeah, you end up fighting. I know from our experience, someone inevitably, like, clicks out of the game and goes, starts doing something else. You don't realize it's just kind of, especially, I guess, once you've compared how multiplayer, local multiplayer, couch multiplayer, whatever we call it these days, works so well on the switch that it feels like the Apple devices could be able to do something similar to that, uh, with to great success, I guess. And so a bit of, yeah, like I said, a bit of a miss and I don't know, we'll see. I don't, it doesn't feel like something that Apple's ever going to really change though. They'll, I think they're going to push the online versions, online multiplayer as the de facto, cause they don't want to ever, they wouldn't ever let a developer just develop for Apple TV, let's say, and skip the Apple, the iPhone as far as what we've seen. And, and so that to me feels like almost a missed opportunity. Like, I feel like if they, if they did like a first party Mario, you know, caliber game that was like Apple TV only, and it even comes bundled version one or whatever, it comes bundled with a new Apple TV hardware, or something like that, but it was still included in Apple Arcade as well, or I don't know, however you work all the economics of that, um, and just made the Apple Arcade, or sorry, Apple TV, a like premier gaming platform. Um, I think they could sell a lot of Apple TVs. And honestly, like the Apple Arcade folks, I don't think you'd be that, I wouldn't be that disappointed if that was kind of like a really good game on the Apple Arcade or right. Apple TV. I, I think it would make sense. Like I would be all for that. Well, and, and right now, in terms of hardware pricing, the Apple TV is extremely expensive as a streaming box. Yeah. But for a console, uh, it's not so bad because what a, a Switch starts at three hundred, and that's not even going to get you extra Pro controllers or any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, an Apple TV is currently what one fifty or two hundred, depending on storage, and that's obviously you know way above the little streaming sticks, which are in the thirty to fifty range. 
So it's in this weird middle right now where it, and that's why we keep coming back to it. Like they need a new hardware launch that's focused on Apple Arcade if they're going to take uh, the gaming side of it seriously. Yeah, that, that's exactly like what you said is would be the perfect. They're in that sweet spot, actually, if they had a really good premier gaming platform with it. And so you could be under the Switch and Xboxes and whatever of the world, but still above the streaming dongles and whatever that don't come with all the premier games. And so then you kind of got the best of both worlds. And so we'll see see what Apple comes up with later this year, hopefully. And and I'm happy to, by the way, like just to make sure we're, it's clear, like we're, I'm really happy that Apple's devoting energy, engineer and development time and whatever to the COVID-19 related stuff they've been doing. That's the test app, the helping get masks shipped and, and shields and face shields and all that kind of stuff, like pull everything off <laughs> Apple TV. Yeah, we, to we, we don't need our new toys right now. <laughs> there, there are plenty of other uh, priorities they can use their their massive supply chain for. Exactly. So yeah, don't take this. I don't think I don't think we have to preface every podcast episode with that statement, but hopefully that's obvious from from uh, the kind of folks we are anyways and hopefully what seems like the kind of people apple is too in terms of what they're doing right now anyways with in the world yeah so um all right well anything else before we sign off i I don't i don't think so uh obviously we're we're not we're going to put a pause on picking games for next time uh until we kind of figure out our our routines and and i think our schedule might be a little more flexible because uh, we need to be flexible for for kids and work and whatnot yeah uh and just uh like you said recovery from all of those things so uh we're, we, we won't be committing to a playthrough but i'm sure there will be new uh games on apple arcade or switch that we will talk about uh, every episode and uh, with a focus on what the kids are up to yeah, I know you, you slipped the switch in there. So I've got you at least to the halfway point of Apple Arcade switch <laughs> yeah. of, of the of the podcast pivot. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I'm, it's like we're pivoting uh, an ocean liner. We have to slowly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ro- rotate azimuthal thrusters, Captain. <laughs> Take a drink if Nick makes a Star Trek joke. I'm assuming that's a Star Trek joke. Uh, it's a li- It's a little bit of both. If if I were going full Star Trek, I would have said uh, RCS thrusters. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thank you for listening to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade slash Switch podcast. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else, probably talking about Star Trek as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. If you're looking for other interesting shows to listen to, there's lots of stuff going on at goodstuff.fm. The uh, I want to say the morning show, but it's actually Midnight Snack. has a bunch of fun episodes. And kid-friendly, I, I want to say that with a slight asterisk, because I think they're... I've listened to all of them with my kids or my kids have listened to all of them and they haven't told me things that Kyle and Kenny have said that they were shocked or disgusted at uh, other than like fun food things that they find hilarious. But um, so mostly kid friend, definitely not sweary. So that's all good. And uh, yeah, good stuff.fm. All the podcasts you need for your pandemic <laughs> fun. We'll see you again next time. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.